A great man named Socrates <laughs> once stated that if you would seek health, look first to the spine. And here on Meeting Medicine, we've, it's all going on. We're looking to the spine today. And it's only just occurring to me that this perhaps has a metaphorical meaning as well. Or perhaps that's actually the intended meaning. Uh, regarding being a bold person and having confidence in mm. one's daily activities. Mm. Um, and speaking of being a bold person, um, <laughs> I am fortunate enough to be accompanied by a case example of such. Welcome, Mr. Dwayne Quadros. That's the cave in Garvey. My God. <laughs> My God. Socrates. Socrates coming in clutch. I love it. How are you, big fella? There's been a, there's been a bit of a... Uh, well, it's not as not as long as our previous adjournments of mm. recordings. I mean, it's been a mere three weeks, and uh, we've had fans and uh, essentially people with psychosis and or insomnia just clamoring to get episode <laughs> fifteen of Meaty Medicine out. So um, here we are. We're gonna give the people what they want. I'm good, mate. How are you doing in uh, in Melbourne? <clears throat> oh, excellent, mate. Um, but. Not as excellent as I'd like because oh. I've recent yeah I've recently become plagued by some lower back pain. Oh, and um, I think it's got something <laughs> to do with my somewhat flawed technique of my squats at the gym. Oh, thank God! I and, thought that um, was, I thought that was going somewhere far more <laughs> uh, far more meaty medicine at night sort of, uh, sort of <laughs> oh, thing. No. Oh God. No, yeah, the squat. So um, whilst I have a lot of enthusiasm for the gym, that compared with poor technique never ends well. And I think I've just been essentially training my lower back um, (laughs) (laughs) rather than getting a thick behind like I was obviously intending. Um, So whilst that is a shame, it has served as inspiration Mm. uh, for today's Meaty Medicine episode. And we're back at it with another case. Oh, ready to go, Ready to go. Hot off the press. Okay, so in case you haven't inferred it, this case is about back pain. (laughs) (laughs) So, and I think this, again, is a very meaty topic. Mm. Um, I think I looked up a nice stat where to go. Oh, no, I deleted it. But (laughs) (laughs) the stat essentially was that a lot of people have back pain, which I guess isn't that groundbreaking, but it was something like, I think, 40% of Australians, uh, you know, having an experience of back pain at any one time. My goodness. And um, I remember one of our lecturers saying that kind of the problem with back pain or the Mm. problem with the back Mm. in general is... There's many complexly oriented muscles over yep. many layers. You have all these overlapping spinal mm. innovation levels, mm. and it's got a small cortical representation on the homunculus. Mm. So, mm. what like in terms of that rather unattractive looking, yeah, disfigured human that represents the amount of um, kind of innovation allocated mm. to each area of the body. There's a very mm. small kind of amount of innovation to the back so what that means is in our perception mm. of the back and sensation from the back um it's very hard to localize oh okay. the pain yep. so that's yep. why um this all results in like the back being an area of poor pain localization sure. and sure. you have all these complex patterns of referred pain sure um and 
Yeah, so I think my first question before we actually get into the case, mm. Dwayne, for you is mm. um, what do you think the most common cause of back pain is? Um, look, mate, just, just out of the sheer number of ads for Voltaren and mm. Diclofenac, and they all have a rather, I mean, it's a bit of a um, unfair representation of the human habitus. It tends to always be a rather white, nondescript, um, very, very muscular, uh, usually male, um, mm, clutching. Very muscular. Very I, muscular. I'm liking where clutching, this is going. There we go. <laughs> clutching his lower back. And, and, the, right. and the assertion or the inference from there is that uh, most of the medications um, or most of the people's complaints, rather, is about lower back pain of a muscular sort. So mm. I think I think in the common population, including ourselves, to be honest, sometimes mm. when you get a bit of back pain, like you've been mentioning, you know, at the gym or whatever you've been doing, you're straight away thinking, oh, have I have I uh, pulled a muscle or have I done a bit of mischief back there? So Excellent. I think sort of the muscular serving of the buffet of back mm. pain probably is uh, is what comes to mind straight away. Yeah, and you're 100% right. So non-specific musculoskeletal back pain are often due to just muscular strain, mm. like just mm. overuse. Mm. Um, so 90% of people with Ooh. lower back pain will recover within three months with no oh. treatment. And what? it's just like, you know, when I'm at the gym doing my That's bicep it. curls, they might hurt for a couple of days. Yeah. I mean, yep. <laughs> not, hopefully not too long. Wait, your back, is, your back is hurting when you do bicep curls? <laughs> What is mate? Happening? Yeah, mate. Look, mate. I'm having trouble in the gym at the moment. <laughs> You're doing calisthenics. This is ridiculous. <laughs> but damn. I have a sexy contour on my back, Dwayne. <laughs> it's thick as fuck. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. So it's just like you're straining the muscle and it's sore. But I think I don't know the reason. Maybe it manifests so clearly to people is uh, the back is the back erector spinalis and all those muscles of the back are used um, during your day-to-day just to maintain your posture. So, of course, if they're sore, you're really going to notice it. And for the other reasons we talked about, the anatomy. You can't really rest the back, isn't it, unless you're having bed rest. That's the issue is that even with minimal – but even in bed, you know, like it's it's tough to rest the back. So that makes a lot of sense. It's probably the Mm. most utilized mass section of the body, except the brain and face for you being smart, good-looking manners yourself. Well, I'm also excluding a certain area below the waist that I'm sure you make use of regularly. Dwayne. The knees, I do make sure my <laughs> knees are well engaged when I squat. Ensures that yes. I get the thick quads befitting of my name, Indeed, rather than knees. just a chunky back. <laughs> All right, so I'll give you the start of this case. So we've got a 75-year-old woman named yep. Rosaline Smith, and she's presenting to a general practitioner a GP complaining of um, back pain. Sure. So we've mentioned that musculoskeletal back pain is the most common and um, it's self-limiting. Yes. However, what are the causes of back pain that you're kind of worried about, Dwayne? And I know this is a vague question, so just answer it however you like. Yeah, sure. So, So I like to sort of think about it. Not in terms of, you know, a, a definite diagnosis, but in terms of the groups or umbrella terms. Um, so immediately something that I'm worried about is the vertebrae of the back. Has there been, you know, a fracture mm. or a collapse or a compression there? Mm. That's something that comes to mind, especially in an older person 
in the setting of osteoporosis, especially a woman. Mm. And I dare say we might go into touch on why that's relevant later. Mm. Uh, thinking nerve pain, you know, some uh, radiculopathy, mm. um, you know, whether it's a direct sort of nerve injury or because of, you know, the discs compressing or swelling around spinal cord, could they be irritating some nerves? Mm. You'd never forget about musculoskeletal as mm. well. Um, and then one thing actually, and I learned it in first year, and I guess uh, is, is sort of whether you have any tumors or whether you have any cancers Excellent. or malignancies yeah. uh, that could be causing um, some back pain as well. And then finally, trauma. You know, have mm. you had any? Uh, I remember in first year, mate, you were in a car accident actually um, in December, was it? I think you hit you hit an Iraqi man, um, mate. With, uh, you hit his car. You didn't hit the man. You hit his car. You hit his car, and and that's 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 a trauma. I mean, I don't think it hurt your back. I mean, I think, if I remember it was correctly, both you mental and physical yeah, trauma. I think I think you involved. were. I think if I remember correctly, you were anesthetized by the greatest drug ever, which was sleep at that point in time. But no, well, I was. I actually proceeded to promptly exit the vehicle and still make my haircut appointment on That's time. right. That's right. excellent. There we go. But yeah, trauma is another big one as well. Yeah. So I guess those are sort of umbrella terms. And, and then there's a few sort of headline acts under that. But for, the, for a starting point, that's mm. sort of what I would be thinking in terms of why differentials. Great. So I'm really happy with all those answers. So I think, yeah, so with back pain, we're worried about the kind of categories of injury that, um, you know, require some kind of urgent yes. or significant intervention. Mm -hmm. And I love how you categorized it. So, you know, whenever you're thinking about differentials, it's useful to have some kind of sieve. And I use the surgical sieve vitamin C, D, E, F, and that's something you guys can Google if you want. There are heaps of them out there. But that one is kind of so vitamin C, D, E, F is vascular, infection, trauma, autoimmune, metabolic, um, inflammatory slash autoimmune. I don't know if I already said autoimmune. <laughs> Putting myself on the spot here. I think N was neoplastic. Anyway, yeah. the categories that we're really interested in with back pain, mm. I uh, you choose a few of these. So the important ones here are malignancy. Yep. Uh, infection yep. and trauma, which are the ones you said. And the trauma will often manifest um, with neurological symptoms if sure. you have the a fracture like impinging on the nerve. So sure. the little sure. thing I think about with back pain, I think mint, M-I-N-T. So malignancy, infection, neuro symptoms plus trauma. Ooh, so, well, bit, yeah, a bit minty, you know, a bit of five gum. Although, you know, I prefer the strawberry oh, five yeah. gum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've touched on that ad nauseum. We right? have indeed. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, malignancy, you mentioned, like, uh, met metastases to the back, yeah. um, which can also be associated with a fracture. Sure. Uh, infection, so osteomyelitis uh, is, of course, an emergency. You can have epidural abscesses. Yes. Um, uh, also, uh, intra-abdominal infections can actually manifest oh, wow. in back pain. Yeah, oh. so referred back pain, as we sure. mentioned, the complex innovation. So, yes. um, but yeah, so in particular, pyelonephritis. Sure, um, sure. But there are a few other options there, and so the neuro symptoms associated with trauma, such as vertebral fractures, um, even things like uh, spinal stenosis, yeah. um, spine and spinal cord compression due yeah. to issues in that area sure um anyway i've belabored that enough i but basically the takeaway is mint think yep. these are the like mint. dangerous categories yep. of 
differentials. You don't want to miss these. You don't yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now before I give you more info from mm. the case, so all you know is she's a 75-year-old woman. Yeah, mate. Um, in your history mm. that you're going to take from her, so just in the cardinal features section of the history, so yeah, site, quality, severity, time, course, aggravating, relieving, um, what... What are kind of the areas you're going to ask questions around? Again, a vague question. Yeah. I just want to know your philosophy going into the history. Yeah, I guess, you know, you touched on the point before, Kevin, is the fact that the back has so many structures, mm. whether muscles, bone, innervation, etc. Mm. So I really want to work out what the site is uh, yep. to begin with, and, and with the site is the radiation, because obviously is it upper, middle, lower back pain? Is it radiating anywhere? Uh, yeah. You mentioned uh, pyelonephritis. That could be sort of a flank pain coming to the back, to the loins and groins. And especially well. with the radiation, if Correct. they have rad- radiculopathy, so mm. it's indicating a nerves involved. That's, a, as we talked about, a neurological symptom. So yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, very good. Um, I also like to sort of really characterize, I think with a lot of things when it presents as pain, it's really good to try and characterize the time course. So good. I want to sort of know when did it come on? Did it come on suddenly or gradually? Is it there right now? Has it gone away? Did it go suddenly or gradually? Has it happened before? And if it's happened before, mm. really quantifying and qualifying each episode. And what I mean by that is, is that drill into each episode and compare how is it different? Is it different from, from what they're going through now? Yeah. And if it's happened repeatedly over, say, months or years or weeks or whatever it is, is that frequency of the episode becoming less? Is it becoming more? Is it changing? Um, mm. Because quite often, if the intensity and if the frequency is increasing, then you can sometimes safely assume or you want to exclude the fact that whatever's causing it is getting worse and worse as time goes on. Good. Um, and I'm yeah. glad you've brought up this time course because another kind of red flag for back pain is the duration of a consistent pain. Mm. So, for example, if you have musculoskeletal pain, it will be consistent, right? It's not going away, but it yeah. will go away, as we talked about, within a couple of weeks. Couple of but weeks. if they've had consistent pain mm. going on like a mm. month, yeah. that's when you're starting to get worried. So beyond yes. that three to four weeks where 90% of musculoskeletal back pain has gone, mm. that's when you know, you have to start considering some of these more severe sure. uh, differentials or sure. that's one reason to. Yeah. Um, excellent. Um, was there anything else? I think those are the real important. Yeah. I, I, I guess with the associated symptoms, uh, I guess. Oh, good. Just... Wait, wait. You're jumping oh. ahead. You're jumping oh, ahead. Sorry. That, sorry. I was going to assign a whole other question to that. <laughs> so um, just before we get onto that, the other thing to mention, which you kind of alluded to was really now down the context like, yes. was there an acute event? If there was Brilliant. an acute event, yeah. you're thinking trauma, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and uh, the other kind of nice subtlety thing is, and we can use my lifting at the gym as an example, mm. like, yes, there was an acute event in that I was doing squatting incorrectly, but, <laughs> but it wasn't like I did a squat and then immediately my back yeah. flared up and I was yeah. like, oh my God, I've, you know, squashed one of my discs or something. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was, oh, I woke up the next yeah. day with a yeah. really like sore back, which indicates yeah. muscular pain as opposed to some Correct. kind of bony pathology. Something, something an ED consultant one mentioned in mm. terms of the back pain is the pinpoint theory. So if you ask the patient, you know, did it come on suddenly or gradually and they're like suddenly – you mm. literally ask them, do you remember the exact moment, yes. the time, place, what you're, so you're pinpointing it. Exactly. Whereas like you said, the next day it sort of happened and then you sort of retrospectively think, oh, mm. what have I done to, 
who that might have contributed to this. So that's quite helpful as well. Exactly. Yeah. I agree with the consultant. I'm sure he's glad. <laughs> I think it was the consultant you questioned about your when when you cut your finger. I think we got oh, it on no. tape. It was that the same. Wonderful. Was he a Sri Lankan? Gentleman? He was a Sri Lankan consultant, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and and he may or may not be the new dean at Ballarat. So we'll just slide oh, straight along. Yeah, that man who go. ridiculed me for coming to ED after I cut my finger. Talk about patient rapport. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, no, he was great. He me <laughs> up, and he sent me out the door laughing, which is always a good. Good skill to have as a doctor. Um, Anyway, moving on, moving on. So the case. So you take an excellent history um, uh, of the cardinal features Mm -hmm. and the information you get is uh, the pain is dull and persistent and in her lower back. Uh, This developed suddenly a week ago after she was carrying a heavy suitcase at the airport and she does remember the moment um, that it really flared up as yep. she lifted up the suitcase. And she's been trying some Panadol, but that really hasn't been helping. Mm. Um, so now we'll move on to, uh, as part of your history, of course, you do a little re- targeted review of systems. And by that, we mean you ask questions about clumps of symptoms that are associated with different systems that you think could be involved as differentials so um yeah what's guiding your questioning of associated symptoms here yeah well it's sort of like even even justin and and this is something for people to remember is the fact that whilst you're taking a history and this will become apparent um i guess if you're a medical student or a nursing student or whatever this will become apparent when you do it is that you're usually get a little blurb of the patient, a 75-year-old with back pain. You've got some things. Mm. And as you get each part of your history, they should be decanting or they should be refining what you're thinking. Mm. Um, so immediately, because she can remember the moment that it happened, mm. I'm worried about... Sorry, man, I'm just getting a missed call from Nigeria. Um, <laughs> just give me a second. I know you conduct a lot of business there. Yeah, so. yeah God. Yeah, the elephants will have to wait. Um, <laughs> no. So, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm worried about trauma. I'm worried about a traumatic... You know, mm. has something happened to the actual structure of the back? Mm. Because this mm. has been there for a week and she remembers what had actually happened. So now I'm going to you know, hopefully wanting to ask with back pain, but especially with this, some focal neurological symptoms Great. if she's been uh, if she's been experiencing any of them. So such would include? Yeah, so I, w- I would be asking to start off with, has she felt any uh, pins and needles or weakness down one or both of her legs? Great. That would be something. Um, I would then, if she had re- replied in the affirmative for that, you then want to just quickly characterize, is it all the time? Is it sometimes, day or night? What relieves it? Just to, just to get a bit of context there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd be asking um, if there was, um, I guess, any issues with her bowels and with her urination Good. because Good. there are nerves sort of around that around that area, I guess, that, that, uh, that control mm-hmm. that. Um, and... Maybe we'll talk about red flag stuff later, but that's a bowel habit uh, issues with uh, continence or incontinence. Great. It's a yeah. good thing as well. So, yeah, as you said, so you're asking the neurological panel of questions. Yeah. So yeah. I'm really trying to work out if this traumatic event has impinged on her spine. So yes. you've yes. talked about the paresthesias. Yeah. Um, you'd also ask about muscle weakness. Uh, mm. She's having trouble walking now. And excellent 
point with the bowels and urine uh, urinary changes to the bladder um, because both are innovate. Like if you have a impingement on the spinal cord, correct. Um, the nerves supplying the supplying the bladder and the bowel can be affected. Yeah. Um. So yeah, paresthesias, muscle weakness, bowels and bladder. Um. Now, so that's the neurological group. And yeah. To be honest, given that preceding history, that's mm. probably where I would stick around. Yeah. But without that previous information, sure. The other category you'd look at is the constitutional systemic. Absolutely. Symptoms, right. Absolutely. And why? Why would that be, Dwayne? Well, you're, we're we're always worried about malignancy, which was as part of your mint. Um, yeah. And and um. <laughs> They are, I mean, so when we talk about constitutional symptoms, uh, one way that we always want to round off or we never want to forget are things like fevers, uh, yeah. whether they've had night sweats, whether they've had any unintentional weight loss. Right. Uh, and you want to quantify that and qualify that as well. So intentional be unintentional. And is it clothes feeling looser, people notice you've lost weight, or do you have a number and over how long? And then you also want to ask about change in appetite yes, as well. Beautiful. But, because these are all sort of non-specific, but they tend to sort of, I guess, come up as a constellation in a malignancy picture. Yeah. So in my mind, the constitutional systemic symptoms can be attributed to a few categories of yes. pathology. So neoplasms, as you talked about, yep. Yep. Um, but also infection. Yes, um, even. Yeah. Obviously, not all of them. For example, uh, like, I'm trying to think of an example. Actually, maybe... Them. okay we'll get back yeah. to that anyway <laughs> but i guess in terms of an acute infection you're not expecting to see weight loss yeah so, i think that's yeah. what i was going for yeah, yeah. um so infection yeah. malignancy as well as uh, more inflammatory autoimmune conditions Correct. Correct. um yeah. so the kind of list i have for um constitutional symptoms is i have six main mm. symptoms i'll mm. ask and they're kind of in pairs sure. so the first pair are the f's so yep. fatigue and fever mm. and then the second pair are the loss ones which you mentioned so loss of appetite loss of weight, loss of weight. and yep. then the third pair is the pain so joint mm. pains so arthritis and muscle pain so there we go um, so that's a nice, neat little way if you just want to score some points on your OSCE, rattle right. some of those off. Um, yeah. One yeah. thing to mention, Kevin, at this point, mm. night sweats. Mm. Um, it just doesn't mean, you know, you've got up and, and, and you're feeling a bit you're feeling a bit sweaty. Because that's what yeah. I used to think, right? And I'm like, obviously, if you have a fever, we night sweats. Night sweats can happen with or without a fever. And it's like mm. you're absolutely drenched you're changing you know? the sheets. That's right. You're thing. changing the sheets. So, and not because uh, you had some other kind of accident. Hey. <laughs> but if but if you're giving me fever oh, that, was, that was dirty that all was right dirty. moving along we yeah, need mate. to keep this show g-rated despite <laughs> my cussing earlier <laughs> um okay great so you do an excellent review of systems you ask about neurological symptoms you ask about systemic symptoms yeah um, and she's just giving you nil. So no neurological symptoms, no systemic symptoms. So at this stage, um, we're breathing a little bit of a sigh of relief because clearly yeah. she's had some kind of traumatic injury, but at least her spinal cord seems like it's intact yes. at the yes. moment. So that's the yes. silver lining. Yeah. Um, so moving on, uh, you get a call from Nigeria and so you get on the phone and <laughs> yeah, you finally acknowledge the presence of your 
um, underling, the medical student in the room, and so you go, oh, Dwayne, go off and take the rest of the boring information. You know, I've yes. got business to conduct to my <laughs> compatriot. Especially with Sam Owens' dad, who happens to be a king <laughs> in the northern part of Nigeria. So, yeah, look him up, look him up. Um, anyway, so uh, while you're on the phone to Nigeria, the medical student. Mm. Uh, beautifully summarizes the rest of the information and when sure. you finally get off the phone he um rattles the following off to you so <clears throat> so uh rosaline's rambunctious daughter was present <laughs> for the interview <laughs> and she states that uh mum has had increasing problems with back pain over the last 10 years Yep. And her family have commented on how stooped the postures become. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, Rosaline's height has actually reduced by 10 centimetres over this period. Wow. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so her past medical history is notable for severe chronic asthma. Mm. She takes courses of oral corticosteroids yep. and uses steroid inhalers on a regular basis. Also, she fell two years ago and sustained a Collie's fracture to her left wrist and she became menopausal at age 42, which in itself is not a pathology. That is a natural course of female development, but that's useful information also. Um, In terms of socials, um, she smokes 30 cigarettes a day and drinks four bottles of wine a week. So Rosaline's a bit of a sesh gremlin, although (laughs) (laughs) she loves it. (laughs) Anyway, so that is all the information. Now, from that massive spiel, Mm. can you tell me all the risk factors in this history for osteoporosis? Yeah, mate. Um, So... The stoop and the decrease in height, I think is... Oh, sorry, risk factors, sorry. sorry. Yeah, not evidence. Sorry, 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 <laughs> risk factors. So uh, steroids, steroids mm, I feel good. are a risk factor. Mm. Um, the fact that she's menopausal. Great. Um, so, you know, low estrogen state, I guess. Yeah. Um, smoking. Excellent. Um, alcohol, I'm sure, has a part to play in there. Mm. You know, I don't think it would help. Mm. Um yeah, those are the, those. No, are the, yeah, those I'm very happy I'm with that. About. Yeah, yeah. So the menopause is big because um, premenopausal ovarian production of estrogen mm. helps to preserve bone mass, as mm. you alluded to. Yep. Uh, next, the steroids is massive. So, and this is something quite an important clinical point because a lot of elderly patients are going to be on steroids for yes. something or other. Yes. Um. So we really need to be careful about their bone health when That's they right. are on steroids because it causes increased bone resorption mm. and reduces bone formation also. So it's hitting it from both sides. That's right. Um. Again, you also mentioned the alcohol consumption. Great. It disrupts vitamin D and its ability to help the body absorb calcium. Yep. And the last one, which you probably had implicitly in your brain was just that she's 75 years the old age, yeah, that's age right. is the number one risk factor for bone loss so sure. excellent job Dwayne mm. so mm. <clears throat> before we move on just to kind of recap yeah um back pain as a syndrome mm. so could you just run th- kind of run through again what the main red flags for back pain for you are 
the main red flags. Mate, mm. actually, I've got an I've got a different sort of mnemonic or memory. Okay, oh, all right. I yeah, love a good but, mnemonic. Yeah, so Give for, me for back pain, you know, I'm not a big mnemonic gremlin as you are. <laughs> um, but I always think about tuna fish. Tuna right. fish, Pete. Do you remember that one? Yeah, that first. is the one I use. Oh, actually. brilliant. So, so tuna fish uh, stands for T is trauma. Yep. U is unexplained weight loss. Mm. N is neurological symptoms. A for age, above 50. Um, the F is for fever, for the multiple reasons we've talked about. I mm. stands for IV drug user. And if you wonder mm. why, they're at increased risk of epidural abscess and yeah, infections. Right. Um, S is for steroid use, as we're seeing with Rosalie, for whatever reason. Mm. And and H is a history of cancer, um, metastases yeah. or metastases. Yeah, that's right. Was there a P at the end of it? I don't remember. Oh yeah, I think it was tuna fish P for pains unrelieved by simple measures. Oh yes, but you know that's kind of somewhat that's, intuitive. That's a bit tenuous. That's a bit um, tenuous. Yeah, and I think I like that you said you don't really like mnemonics because I think I'm also starting to graduate from them and I much mm. prefer that systems-based approach. Yeah, yeah, and so I personally don't use tuna fish, tuna fish as much as I use mint. That is a lie. I've seen you destroy <laughs> cans of tuna fish with naked onions all the time. Oh, you've caught me there. You've caught me there. The spring water 185 oh, gram from I Coles. It. I love, love it. it. Get me in. Um, No, but... Yeah, I much prefer that kind of mint approach where I think, yep. okay, I'm screening for a malignancy, I'm screening for an infection, have they got neurological symptoms, does yep. it look like they've had trauma? Sure. And and from there, that really guides your history yep. rather yep. than this kind of random, eclectic yeah. collection yeah. of That's symptoms. Right. Yeah, That's so right. we love the systems-based approach yep. here on Media Medicine. That's so. It. Now let's move on. I'll just tell you what. So in your examination, being an excellent uh, practitioner you are, Dwayne, I'm sure you would <laughs> have performed a back examination yes. and a very perceptive general inspection. Mm. Um, so I'm just going to give you what you certainly would have found. Sure. So she has a thoracic kyphosis. Yep. She is tender over the L4 vertebra. Yep. And she has a moon face. And that is a symptom which we can discuss in a second. I'm not being rude. Thank you very much. Oh, um, she has abdominal striae yep. and a number of bruises on her arms and thighs. Yep. Uh, she doesn't appear anemic and otherwise her examination is so is unremarkable. So do you want to make any comments on my rude assessment of yeah. her appearance and habitus? Yeah, so um, the L4 is sort of showing you that there is, you know, at least a, a sight, I guess, you know, something mm. that you can, you know, point to. The moon phases, the striae and the bruises, they're all fishing that, uh, fitting rather, that Cushing's picture uh, uh, that we talked about in the infancy of this podcast, I believe. Oh, I, I believe th- there is an excellent episode that's right. on Cushing syndrome. That's right. I think it was about <laughs> seven years ago or something like that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that sort of feeling, and that is consistent with, um, you know, the long-term use of steroids, mm. um, there. And then obviously if she is, because the thing with Cushing's, the thing with these sort of long-term use is that we really mean long-term use. I remember last year we, uh, actually saw a patient with, um, almost textbook Cushing's, right. I'd say, and, and our, and our, um, our consultant who was teaching us 
was so excited to show it to us and not only us but like all his interns and registrars mm. and stuff because it's very rare when you're going to find someone with so many findings and this was because this lady for a number of reasons had been on steroids for the better part of 40 to 50 years wow. so it really takes a while to develop or or, or you're taking pretty high dose steroids yeah i don't know if it takes 30 years but i'm sure it would manifest i, by I think so years. well it did for for hers i don't know if she yeah. took well it didn't manifest in the last five years and oh, she okay. had been on it for about 25 wow. years so i think with her it was more sort of like how long she had been on it as opposed to like right the, okay. the actual dose but but dr soko was saying that if you're going to be on long-term steroids in general you want to be watching out for oh, 100%. for the Cushing's constellation, I guess. See if that ma- that that face is looking a bit too rotund, <laughs> bit moonlike, bit, bit moon-like. lunar, That's bit right. soporific. Um. Anyway, moving onwards with my failed use of a <laughs> shitty vocabulary. <laughs> you said seven words there. I don't mean what five of them are. Um. Okay. So pretty clear she's had an osteoporotic fracture in case you haven't deduced such yet um so now i'm gonna ask hit you with a multi-choice question here we go except two of them are correct so (laughs) (laughs) if you think about it i think that makes it harder because you have to choose two this is the situational judgment test i love this situation all right so which minimal trauma fractures are diagnostic of osteoporosis? So fractures of which of the following bones? Yep. A, humerus. B, the distal radius, also known as the Collies fracture. Yeah. Am I saying that right? Yeah, the you're col- right. Yeah, yeah Collies fracture. Yeah. C, vertebra. D, femoral neck. So two of them. I, if you have either of them, that you don't even need to do any scans. You just know they have osteoporosis. Mm. Can I have the options again, please? Yeah. A is humerus. Not that one. B is distal radius, the collies fracture. Yeah. yeah. C is vertebra, and D is femoral neck. I think that's a trick question. Can I remember there were three? common ones it was a vertebral oh no femoral. oh sorry so just to clarify yeah. all of these are common in yeah. osteoporosis i feel like vertebral definitely okay definitely and i feel maybe femoral neck oh you're too good yeah so this has been a hot topic on my geriatrics ro- oh. ro- yeah, rotation at the moment okay. because you know um 90 no i don't want to throw out any stats but a lot of the people on the water, people who have had falls and neck and femur yes. fractures. Yep. Yep. And um, I had a lengthy discussion about osteoporosis with our consultant. Mm. And he was saying that according to whatever Australian guideline he uses, mm. um, the geriatric guideline, if you have a femoral neck fracture with mineral trauma yep. or a vertebral fracture with minimal or no trauma, that mm. is immediately diagnostic yeah. of mm. Uh, osteoporosis just because that shouldn't be happening no, unless you're getting right. hit by a car basically right. which which then <laughs> defies though it goes away from the definition of minimal trauma yes exactly yeah. Yeah. so um although in saying that uh the other two options i gave are also common manifestations mm. of osteoporosis but just not diagnostic yeah. and for um, the listeners out there minimal trauma is another thing i used to really wonder about essentially it's it's falling from a standing height mm. and you know that 
that's that's a pretty minor sort of mechanism. Yeah. Um, so and if you're getting you know serious fractures from there, then you're starting to think: is there an issue with the bone integrity, i.e., the osteoporotic yeah. picture? Yeah. So even her collie's fracture a few mm. years ago that she had, yeah. that really should have been a bit of a red flag for them yeah, to investigate that's right. her. That's right. Um, but it's not diagnostic now. Yeah. This leads nicely into the next question. Let's say we rewind two years ago and she's just had that Collie's fracture. Sure. And you're, as a very vigilant <laughs> emergency consultant, you are suspicious of osteoporosis. Mm. Uh, what scan do you need to do in that case where it was just the Collie's fracture? What scan do you need to do? to diagnose osteoporosis do you have any Mate, idea you're looking i don't know what the whole word i don't know what the whole thing's called but is mm. it the dexa scan beautiful it is yeah. the dexa scan so i don't actually know what it stands for but i think it's something to do with i know that it uses two x-ray beams that's right that's so right i just think like double x-ray but that's that's almost <laughs> definitely not maybe right. dual x-ray double x-ray yeah oh sounds, sounds, yeah that i don't know it. but okay but, exercise yeah. for the listener there we go, go. Cop Dexas, yeah. there we go. um great so what that does is um kind of indicates the bone mineral density mm. Mm. um through some fancy physics yeah. which you don't even know about now Dwayne, do you know on what bones they perform the DEXA scan? I do, I oh. do, because I did a past medicine question revising uh, <laughs> adult stuff the other day because I was getting a bit yeah. bogged down in the beats. It's somewhere in the lumbar spine and it's the femoral neck. Yeah, yeah. and funny, have you noticed the coincidence there? Those oh! Are the <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, so those are the two bones out there if you have a minimal trauma fracture of the there we go. Is osteoporosis. And it's, I think because, yeah, these are quite thick, kind of yep. strong bones yep. generally. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and interpreting a DEXA scan, so you get this thing called a T-score. Do you know what a T-score is? Well, essentially it's it's comparing sort of the, the, the composition or whatever of the, of this patient's bones to, to I guess, a young adult. And, and essentially you're trying to work out how many standard deviations are you off in those measures? So mm. with osteoporosis, if I remember, if your T-score is, is less than or equal to, you know, 2.5 standard deviations below or negative 2.5, then you're thinking, is it is that the thing? I remember 2.5. Yeah, yeah was, good, was, exactly. If you're 2.5 standard deviations below. That's right, yeah. Um, what you would expect the distribution of density to be for a young woman. So it's kind of weird, but it's, it's using healthy bones of a young woman as a mm. reference right. and it puts you into that population sure. and goes sure. um checks how many standard deviations away you are from that so yep. obviously if you're better than that you're yep. just killing life you're you're drinking all this milk and maximal trauma is ready <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you're that iraqi man i hit with a car <laughs> this man i think that cannot... caused psychological trauma for that <laughs> there's no scan for that mate there's another scan for that. Um, but yeah, if you're less than 2.5 SDs away, That's right. um, that is diagnostic of osteoporosis. Yep, yep. Um, great. Good job. Mm. Nice. So, and this is just a good one to know, especially if you're going to a, a geriatrics yep. placements. Yep. So now we're going to move on to treatment. So, Dwayne, do you have any idea how to treat uh, her osteoporosis? 
Um, this is the only drug that I've ever heard used for it. Mm. Is the the bisphosphonates. Good. But I remember, the only reason I remember is because I've never actually been involved with a patient with osteoporosis. Okay. But in my previous life, uh, when we used to give some of the medications that used to, you know, cause some bone demineralization and some bone integrity loss to the kids mm. as part of their cancer treatment, unfortunate sort of, you mm. know, uh, side effect of it. We used to give them bisphosphonates uh, to help, you know, and to promote, um, I guess, the bone strengthening. I guess so I know bisphosphonates are probably, I think they inhibit the osteoclast. They stop resorption. Yeah, and Therefore, perfect. that would be, because uh, osteoporosis, we think about, it's an imbalance between, you know, the laying down of bone and the destruction of bone. Yes. Like it's, it's sort of correcting that balance. Yeah, exactly. So bisphosphonates are the first line. Yeah. Um, and exactly as you said, they inhibit the osteoclast, which mm. are kind of working away at breaking down your bones perpetually. Yeah um perennially so um yeah that's the first line yep. now another drug that i just saw a lot on geriatrics mm. um is this thing called denosumab which okay. is a monoclonal monoclonal antibody against rank l oh. um and basically it's kind of arrives at the same idea of just mm. reducing bone resorption Sure. And that's that was an injection we'd give uh, some of the Jerry's patients. But yeah. bisphosphonate is definitely the first line. Yeah. Um, and maybe you think about denusumab as well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> however, aside from... So that's kind of the pharmacological intervention. Mm, mm. Is there anything else we can do with Rosaline? Just keeping a history in mind. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Let me just have a look at it. History. Yeah. <laughs> Look, you probably want to start, you know, talking about smoking cessation and mm. and managing the the alcohol side of things. Yeah. Not only not only in the in the picture of uh, the osteoporosis, but in terms of a general health. Um, because I mean, being being a woman of seventy five years old, the natural aging process is going to be making things hard anyway. And to have yeah. the added, I guess, complications and and the just the lack of benefits of smoking and alcohol, I guess, would be a good thing to. It might save her a lot of money as well, to be fair. Mm, uh, but mm. how she spends her money is is her decision. Uh, but I think smoking and and uh, alcohol, sort of trying to slowly minimize, if not totally stop it, would be a would be a pretty big thing as well. Yeah, definitely. Because as we mentioned, the alcohol is bad for calcium absorption, mm. and smoking <laughs> is just bad for everything. It's bad life. for it's, it's not conducive vascularity. to life. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and she's yeah, she smokes quite a lot actually. So. Yeah. I think it's definitely worth having that conversation. Whether or not yeah. she's amenable to it is another yep. matter. But yep. um, yeah, really good. Yep. Um, anything else you can think of? Well, I was thinking about the the steroids situation. Nice. Um, but I'm not I'm not quite sure how we'd approach that because she needs it for the asthma, doesn't she? Yeah. So I, so... I wasn't quite sure how to get around it, but that was something that came to mind as well. Yeah, I think as a student, it's definitely worth raising that mm. and putting it forward to someone <laughs> more knowledgeable, like a respiratory physician. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was reading that basically we should just try and reduce her steroids as much mm. as possible, uh, sure. such that her asthmatic symptoms are still controlled. Yeah. And I think the inhaled route is much preferable to the systemic mm. therapy. So yeah. if we can kind of shift most of the dosage into the inhaled route, yeah. 
um, because obviously that's more targeted with targeted towards her respiratory situation rather than pumping her whole body full of it and giving her that moon face. That's right. So she should be happy to lose the moon phase as well. Um, Okay. And just the other ones uh, worth mentioning are, uh, so we might want to start supplementing her calcium and Mm. D. Mm. Um, so I'm pretty sure on Jerry's, they just automatically start them on bit D yep. uh, when they arrive. Yep. So, and ironically, they do the same for, uh, premature babies. So it's the oh. uh, extremes of life, but I'm right, guessing for very go. different, very different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. And, um, <laughs> bit D, bit D. Um, and then physical activity as well. So that's yeah. good for your bone strength. Aqua jogging, strength. huge for the <laughs> Pop. I've never, I don't know if you've actually seen it, but like I've done a bit of aqua jogging in my time. No because, way. Yeah, so back back home I used to volunteer at a rest home on yeah. Saturdays. And um you know, just a sucker for punishment. Um and um <laughs> yeah, I used to I used to go to the pools with the with the with the elderly um and oh. go aqua jogging. Mate, the absolute machines that they were you know like you see them go down the corridor and they were like struggling you know walking aids and stuff like did that. they want you there Dwayne, or were you just being opportunistic well i mean so i mean everyone fun? i mean they needed a ride home so um <laughs> i fit the bill of an uber driver i guess i was the only person who could drive if i'm driving um, you i'm getting in the pool with you <laughs> they're like oh, okay i i guess you can come with us there we go <laughs> It was actually at my house. My dad just filled a bathtub. And yeah. Just, just but yeah, no, aquajos, a low, low trauma exercise is, yeah. a, is a huge one as well. Using okay. foam rollers used to be another thing that the uh, oh. that the physios used to come to the rest home do. Sort of like minimal minimal sort of force exercise, but, but just strengthening that bone and keeping everything. Yeah, really okay, good. Yeah, so that's kind of the holistic approach as mm. well. Mm. Um, now, another option... Mm. That is often mentioned in textbooks for osteoporosis, speci- especially women mm. who are postmenopausal, is estrogen mm. based hormone replacement oh. therapy. Now, okay. however, it's not really a first line situation. No. no. Um, do you have any idea why? Oh, Jesus. This is a hard Christ. one. This is a hard one. Let me think. So so wait so it's it's replacing estrogen. Yeah, it? so it's an estrogen replacement therapy. Yes. Uh, um and oh, is it increased risk of DVTs or PEs or something? Oh mate, you're killing it. Yeah, so the thing about yeah. uh in my mind I remember it I think uh estrogen replacement therapy makes you clotty and cancerous. <laughs> so <laughs> Which um, is not sexy. Definitely is not sexy. Um, But what that means, uh, to translate it into Mm. English, is by Claudi, I mean increases your risk of thromboembolism, DVT, which is dangerous because, of course, that increases your risk of stroke. Sure. Um, Especially as you're starting to get up there in terms of age, your risk of stroke is increasing as well. Especially for Rosalie with the smoking. Oh, mate, no, she, she fits the bill. It's a da- kind of dangerous. Um, and the other thing about when I say clotting and cancerous is um, estrogen's kind of an interesting uh, molecule and it acts on a lot of re- different mm. receptors around the body 
And one of the things it does is essentially increases your risk of carcinoma at the endometrium. That's right, um, mate. Type yeah. one endometrial cancer is, yeah, is, is purely about unopposed estrogen. Yeah. Um, you know, and, mate, I was studying. Can you believe it? I was wow. studying. So you're right. You're right. Absolutely. It is a, it is a, it is a uh, systemic player. However, because it also acts at the bone, it's very protective of the bone. Yeah. Um, in, I think it, I can't remember if it stops resorption or encourages deposition, but yeah. regardless. Yeah. Um, so it definitely works, but the thing is it has these side effects. So yes. it's it's not really a first line treatment mm. unless mm. um we can definitely unless we can be certain that her osteoporosis is kind of directly attribute attributable yeah. to the met to menopause and oh, okay. the way yeah. the way we, we could be certain of that is if she presents with the whole clinical syndrome of yeah. um po- you know postmenopausal estrogen deficiency yeah. if yeah. she's getting all these other symptoms that can be attributed to menopause mm. then it makes sense to actually sure. supplement her estrogen because we're treating it that yeah. whole condition sure. True. Um, so that's where you would think about it, but in yeah. her case, she really doesn't present like that. And no. the risk factors, um, are, I'm sorry, the com- potential complications are quite mm. dangerous in her context. Yeah, the so, risks outweigh the benefits. Yeah, right, exactly. That's what medicine's about, right? Balancing the risk of the benefits. So, um, what's the time? Gone 50 minutes. Good. Wait, this, I- is, this is flown by. <laughs> I'm um, just given you mentioned you don't have too much experience with bisphosphonates so mm. i don't know how you go on this one but do you know what so we've talked about side effects for estrogen yeah mate. and we've talked about that bisphosphonates are the first line yeah but they bisphosphonates also do have some potential side effects yeah mate do you know what they are i do mate i do oh, because really? I used to, we used to give this talk to the kids and their family all the time <laughs> hypoglycemia they can have ulcerations of the esophagus and they can have osteonecrosis of the jaw. Oh, I didn't know about hypoglycemia, but the other two I'm yep. definitely agree <laughs> with. Um, yep. I'm learning now. Um, so, <laughs> so excellent. Wow. Sorry, so, not, not, not hypoglycemia, Kevin. Not hypoglycemia. Oh, what is it? Hypocalcemia. <laughs> hypocalcemia. Oh, okay, that would glycemia. make more sense. Sorry, that sorry, not hypoglycemia. <laughs> I almost wonder if that's because it's using up all the calcium to lay I feel down like it bone. might be. Yeah, yeah so it's like no laying serum. on more bone, but then like serum calcium uh, Yeah, drops. exactly. That's yeah, what yeah. I'm thinking. Sorry um, about that. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. That makes sense. Uh, so with the esophagitis, the kind of ulceration of the GI tract, mm. so to prevent that, just a little clinical note, um, when we give it to them orally, uh, they have to take it with a lot of water and make sure they're sitting up just ah. to really kind of flush it through. Yeah. And yeah. make sure it doesn't get caught somewhere and sure. start sure. ulcerating. Yeah. Um, and the other one, the osteonecrosis of the jaw. I think yeah. I don't know why it's a bit of a meme in med school. Like mm. I always hear about it. Yeah. Um, so it must actually be a big deal. I mean, the fact that they keep mentioning. <laughs> <laughs> we've, I don't know. Become, we've actually become the arbiters of like <laughs> yeah. what's important and not in medicine. This is where we've, this is how big the ego yeah. has gone now. We're like we're just gonna hear. <laughs> Just calling shots over medical research to be like, yeah, I'll pay that. Yeah, I'll you know the what? Of the jaw. Yeah, well, sounds sounds meaty. I'll yeah, allow it. I'll allow it. Yeah. This time. All right. Um, yeah, and that that draws us to the oh, end wow. of the case of Rosaline Smith. I thought I'd make it a bit snappier yeah. this week. Um, 
what do we think about that process as opposed to the last one? Do you think that was too short or no? That was good. Too light that was on. Good. No, that was good. I was just disappointed there was no musical interlude. Oh, I didn't that's have all. time to prepare that's one. Okay. That's okay. That's but okay. But I think I think well, the problem is um, yeah. I don't know if the listeners have noticed that yeah. we have iteratively been trying to improve the sound quality oh, yeah. of this show. Yeah. Last week, Dwayne wasn't wearing <laughs> headphones, so his noise cancelling microphone interpreted my voice as noise (laughs) and dominated me throughout the course of the podcast um so no i was not whispering whenever Dwayne started speaking (laughs) (laughs) um but now we're all wearing headphones um, and the next kind of frontier is to somehow allow musical numbers to be introduced oh we've had musical numbers but we also had a delay that (laughs) just really shat over the 10 years of piano lessons that my parents (laughs) i was singing but it was just not in time and yes uh, so if anyone has any expertise on how we can introduce unadulterated musical Mm. numbers Mm. um we would be very interested so yeah Getting we've also we've also sort of uh, want to want to thank people for listening because oh. I think this new format is really resonating with people. I've oh. had a fair few MD twos especially come to me and say that they use this to um, to uh, run around the lake here in Ballarat, <laughs> um, and, um, and and in fact, it, it it if anything, it drives them to drown them. So no, I'm joking. Um, but it's actually we actually got a shout out on Strava. So thank you to Emma. No Gun. way. Yep, and she said. She ran around the lake. Um, thank you, and and ably po- uh, supported by the MD podcast to keep her going. Uh, the Media Medicine podcast to keep her going. Jesus, I'm just impressed by the length of her run. Like Mate, my, she, she my runs, runs like two. Or, she runs about two or three laps. I mean, yeah, Ooh. she's she's pretty fit, mate. She's That's a fit. lap of a lake, just to clarify. Not <laughs> six point four, six point four, six point four kilometers is a lap. So yeah, twenty one kilometers on the fly. But yeah, no, nah, thank you for people for listening. Obviously, the new format is resonating. Mm. Um, either that or you've just gone sick of Kevin and I just <laughs> pushing our podcast. <laughs> but either way, either way, give us a give us a like. Give us those five-star ratings. Just get us yeah, up there. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dwayne, it has been an absolute pleasure Brilliant. talking as Brilliant. always. That's um, have a safe Easter. Well done. Um, Big day for Jesus. Easter. Big three Huge days for day. Jesus. He's Fuck back. Me. He's back that's in it. business on Sunday. That's, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Friday, not so good though. No, good tough, Friday, we don't tough talk day, about Friday, it. tough day, tough day. But it's all about it's all about how you. It's not about how you die. It's about how you resurrect. That's yeah, it, that's yeah, I relate very much to that um, in my day to day. There we go. Um, so let's call it there. Thanks, Dwayne. Thanks, Thanks for putting up with my interrogations, and I Fabulous. look forward to being interrogated myself at yeah, the next case based discussion. And take care of your back. <laughs> Mate, I'm watching so many YouTube videos on how to squat at the moment. It's not funny. Mate, you actually, see my algorithm. small flex, mate. I've been taking my lifting seriously here at Ben's Army. Oh, yeah. I had right a new a PR with the squat last night, 130 for four. Oh, um, oh my yep, Lord. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I've not been able to pass a bowel motion in the last <laughs> in the succeeding 24 hours. Is that but, a neurological uh, symptom? Have you been lifting I've actually not felt technique? my legs for two days. So, um, <laughs> yeah. But there we go, mate. Oh, you, you're All an right. amazing man, and I'll see you soon. Uh, we will talk soon. Love you lots, mate. Love you, mate. Bye-bye. Bye.